Father, we pray for your word this morning, that it would be powerful to us, that it would take root in our hearts, that it would change us, transform us, renew us, and apply to us all of the goodness that you've done for us in everything. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I'm talking about God's promises, I'm talking about hope, Uh, we're thinking about the situation we're in with the drought, and uh, we're thinking about has that got anything to do with the birth of Jesus? They all fit together, that's a lot of different topics together isn't it? It's probably because this has really been on, uh, Jodie and I have been doing some readings in the morning and uh, this has just been on our hearts and it's a I've found this so life-giving, and uh, so here we go. I'm just starting with Isaiah 7, verses 10 to 11. Uh, the second part says, Again, the Lord said to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or the highest heights. So Ahaz was king of Israel, and God said to him, Ask for whatever you like. Ask for some sort of sign, and I'll give it to you. Hmm, that's pretty good asking, isn't it? Well, how would you go with that? Oh, come on, just ask for anything miraculous. Come on. Right, what does Ahaz answer? But Ahaz says, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. What is Ahaz? He's an idiot. <laughs> God just said, ask, and he says, no, I won't. I don't want to put God to the test. How is that putting God to the test when he just said ask? Right. Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of men? Will you try the patience of my God also? That's the right answer. You are trying the patience of God, fella. What is going on? Not, it is not putting God to the test to believe what he has just promised will happen. Is it? Right. So what we're talking about this morning is this. I'll go on to the next verse later on, but um, which when we get to the birth of Christ. But to trust in God is to believe what He said. But it's more than that. It's not just to believe what it said. It's allow to allow that belief to step into your life and touch every point of your life, isn't it? It's no good just to say, oh, I believe that, and then go on as you are. Because Ahaz believed in God. Didn't do a lot for the nation, did it? Jesus said a number of times when he was talking to his disciples, he said, oh, you of little faith. Remember that? You of little faith. Not you of no faith. You of little faith. You who have some sort of faith. Mate, you've probably got the faith that saves you. That's the faith you have when you put faith in Jesus as your your Lord. But the faith you have after that is kind of, well, it's a bit useless. In fact, it's inactive. It doesn't go anywhere. What is it that would make that faith not go anywhere? 
Now, we, uh, I said we've been doing some readings, and some of these the thoughts come from a fellow called Dr. Martin Lord Jones, and uh, he's very helpful. So I can't make say, oh, gee, I've thought of all this myself. Uh, but he said this. He said, it is when you remember little faith, living by little faith, it's when you remember some of God's promises, but not all of them. Okay? To remember some of God's promises, but not all of them. To live in little faith. It's kind of you live in this poverty. I don't mean poverty as in poorness of dollars in your pocket, but poverty of life because God has held out to you these blessings and you say, oh, I don't want to put him to the test, I won't take him. A bit like Ahaz. And, and Martin Lloyd-Jones went on to say, when we live by little faith, he said what it means is we allow circumstances to master us rather than mastering them by faith. We allow circumstances to master us rather than by faith letting us mastering them. Does that make sense? How does that work? How, what does that mean? It means that we, f- we master, to, to master our circumstances in a Christian manner is to remember all of God's promises for us and to let them free in our lives. Okay? If we don't do this, then we live in slavery to um, worry and fear, or that big word that's used now, uh, anxiety. Anxiety is used all the time, isn't it? We live in anxiety. Why? Because we don't have to. I mean, sorry, that's not why. That didn't answer that question. But we don't have to. If we live in light of all the promises of God, we don't need to live in anxiety. When um, I've had conversations with a lot of things this year and I just come to this conclusion some of these from my own children but I won't name which ones all of them and and me is sometimes when anxiety and fear and worry get us maybe it's in the middle of the night maybe it's any time of the day what happens is we get in this kind of what I call a mind lock and we go round and round in circles on this point and this point leads to this point, leads to this point, leads to this point, and there is a circular thing going on in their heads, and there is no hope outside of it, and there is no way out of it. Do you understand? We're going round and round and round, and as you go round that circle, there's increasing worry, increasing anxiety, increasing fear, and everything else in life sort of disappears. Do you know that sort of thing? Do you ever do that in the middle of the night? Yeah? And it's like there's, there's nothing else. What can actually do something to break into that? And it is if we allow God's promises, and I'm going to talk about some of those in a minute, what they are, to break into that cycle, suddenly it's derailed. Do you understand? Because his promises say, you know that end where you go round and round in a circle and you just spiral down and you hit the bottom and maybe your whole life's worthless and pointless? Actually, that's not my word on your life. That's your word on your life. That's what, that, that's what the devil definitely wants us to stay in. It's what the, the sinful nature that we have wants us to stay in. It's what the world wants us to stay in. Uselessness, pointlessness. But his promises kind of put a set of road spikes in there and we can't drive in that circle anymore. We break out of it. 
And we as Christians have an incredibly important job to one another to stop that cycle because we, we are always meeting other, other Christians, I'm talking about other Christians here, who, but also non-Christians, where we see them stuck in that circle, don't we? And what we can do is um, we can sit and, you know, people say, have empathy, listen. Yep, so that's good. Join them in the circle. <laughs> or maybe we can offer something which breaks into that cycle which will break them out. Now, I really just simply, someone has a fear of death and it could be justified because they are sick. We've got something that breaks into a never-ending circle, haven't we? We've got the resurrection from the, from the dead. How about that? That's pretty good, isn't it? And when the situation we're facing is just, well, look, most of these situations, when we're in that mind lock, there's one basic thing. It's out of control. We are out of control. Our life is out of control. But there is this kind of thing that steps in there which can break in and say, but God's not. He's not out of control, is he? Can you understand what I'm saying? Something, a truth about God, and by the way, he's not just out of con- in control, he's actually working for our good. When you step that in there, there is a break. Which, so what I'm saying is, us, when we come across brothers and sisters or non-Christians, we've got something we can offer which is incredibly powerful because it's the truth of God which comes from the promises of God and the action of God in what he's done for us and we can break in with that. So don't hold back on it. And don't do what the Christian church often does and break in with legalism and laws. Well, what you need to do is this. Okay? Break in with and what God says is this. You understand? What God's done is this. Can you see the power of that? Rather than, well, have you tried tidying up? Have you tried this? Have you tried thinking this? No, no, no. Remember something substantial and strong, which is the promises of God. Derail that. And that will shift from anxiety to joy. You have turned my mourning into dancing, my sorrow into joy. Again and again, God does it. Because these promises that he offers us are the only firm, strong, real foundation that anybody ever can stand on. Right? That sounds a bit self-righteous, isn't it? It's not self-righteous, this is God-righteous. His promises are the only thing which can be stood on and relied upon as a firm foundation that will take us through every circumstance of life. Okay. Some of the things that God says. I have loved you with an everlasting love. If you're sitting here today, hear this word. You are loved by God. Is that worth hanging on to? Do you feel unlovable or unloved? God loves you. What difference would it make if you just brought that to mind occasionally? (laughs) Anything? Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you, says the Lord. Never. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. 
That wouldn't make any difference, would it? That's being sarcastic. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, right? And I will give you rest for your soul. That's a promise, isn't it? How often are we weary and heavy laden? What have we got to do? Come to me, come to Jesus, and what will he give us? Rest for our soul. How about that? Don't start doing that. <laughs> well, do start doing that. We often use the verse. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, or have been called according to his purposes. By the way, if you haven't trusted in Jesus, then these promises are not yours yet. So trust in him so you can take them up. One thing that we see is that God has a purpose for our lives. Wow. Because the world tells us there is no purpose in life. There's no, no, no reason to live. I have a purpose for your life, says God. I have a future for you. I will fulfill that purpose. I will bring it. I will bring you to it. I said there's a resurrection. I will give you peace and joy. I'll give you a clear conscience by forgiving all of your sins. And then he says in another place where he says, ask me, Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. Right? And some of the things in the Lord's Prayer are something like, give us today our daily bread. So Jesus says, ask God, Jesus, the Son of God, says, ask God for everything you need to live daily for. Why? Because when you ask it, he'll give it. Yeah? Forgive us our sins. Why? Because when you ask for that, I'll forgive your sins. Can you see that? Ask for it. And then there's this big one. I'm ruling over the world. That's quite big, isn't it? I'm ruling over the world. So therefore, then there's always therefores when Jesus says it, therefore do not worry or therefore do not be anxious about anything. Isn't that cool? So these promises are reliable Let them break into your life and you will live a life of faith. You will walk by faith. This is huge for our life. If you're not understanding this, understand it. It's huge for you. This is what will set you free from living in poverty. Don't forget God's promises, but let them break in to where you are in your life every day and every moment. Let them come to bear on what let them break into the cycle of hopelessness and bring you hope. Because his promises will never fail. They will never change because he says, I the Lord change not. I never change. So if what he says also stands forever, it will never change. So he'll stand forever. Think about this. There was this group of disciples. They're in a boat. Jesus is asleep with his head on the pillow, it says. In other words, he's comfy. The storm comes up. Disciples are scared. They think they're all going to be... They're seasoned sailors. They know how this works. We're all about to drown. They go to Jesus. Jesus gets up, calms the storm, and then he says, where is your faith? Now, he wasn't. I don't think he was saying, where's your faith to calm the storm? I think he was saying... 
you know, I've been with you teaching you. You know there's a purpose for me and for you and there's something going on in your life. Did you think that like so-and-so would just die now? Where's your faith? Do you actually, why not apply what you know to be true? But you see, when you're in that mind, like what do you see? Waves, wind, drowning, that's it. What else is there in that? Waves, wind, drowning. Waves, wind, drowning. Waves, wind, drowning. We're all going to die. Break in with something which you know to be true, which God has said, which causes you to go, hang on. That's not what God's planned here. We know that. Can you hear what I'm saying? When you're filled with fear, you can see one thing, the storm. But by faith, you see God and his truth that breaks in. I'll say it again. God's ruling over this world. Do you know that? What difference will that make in your life? If as you go through everything you face, you remember God is ruling over this world. Just that one point. What difference will it make? Do you believe it? You do? Yeah. Do you always act like you believe it? No. no. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. Because you see, knowing that, we can master the, situ- the circumstances we face, not let them master us, because we know that God has mastered every circumstance. There is going to be a victory, as we, as we sung before. Because his promises are true. So when we live understanding that, we don't give any oxygen to our worries and anxieties. In other words, they kind of suffocate and die. And that's a good thing. But we have to allow the Holy Spirit to bring these things to mind. Because the Holy Spirit is constantly reminding us of the goodness of Jesus, the goodness of the Father... He brings us a transformed or a new mind. He brings to us God's logic. He brings to us God's truth. He's, he's bringing it to break. So what I'm saying is when you are stuck in this situation, you can say something like, it, God help me right now. Holy Spirit, break in. Jesus, tell me the truth. Just something like that because what it does is it's kind of you're getting off the roundabout and you're going down the highway then. Just ask for it. You don't have to understand it all. But if, if God is true and he's with us and his promises are always there and he's in control, surely saying to him, help me right now, would actually break that cycle. Because he is there and he is in control. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, let's do this all our lives. Let's go back to the story for a minute because Isaiah and Ahaz... Ahaz he wouldn't ask God. And then God said, the next verse is the one Jody read out before. God still acted in accordance with his goodness. He said this. So, so Ahaz says, no, I'm not going to ask God. Isaiah says, well, you're trying the patience of God, fella. Therefore, the Lord will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Just because you haven't got faith, God's still the God of goodness and faithfulness and he still acts and he brings about a saviour. A saviour to save people of little faith. A saviour to save people with no faith. A saviour who breaks in 
on a kind of slavery to set us free. It's what we needed, isn't it? Because in one sense, in our sin, we were all like Ahaz. Don't need you, God. Yep. And then and God says, well, I know what you need and I'm going to give it to you because I'm good. You need a saviour, someone to save you from the situation you're in. And there is going to be a seal in this promise and you will call him Jesus. And he'll save his people from their sins. So I'm going to go a little bit more into just the dark bit again because Isaiah goes on in chapter 8 verse 12 and he says this. With all this in mind, do not call conspiracy. conspiracy. Do not call conspiracy everything these people call conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear. Now these people are not God's people. Because this world is preaching conspiracy. It is preaching fear. Watch the news tonight if you want to hear a sermon about fear. You will hear it. It is there. True? It was on last night and the night before. And actually it's on every night, isn't it? There's always this preaching, this strong word, this sermon. And it's aimed, it particularly picks up our young people. What has it got? Fear. Be afraid, young people. This world's going down the toilet. Be afraid. It's all going bad. That's what they're telling you. And what I'm saying is there's another message, young people. Isn't there? Don't take the conspiracy on board. Do not fear what the world fears. Don't fear it. Because we know something of greater value. But for those who do fear, that's what in chapter 8, verse 20, it goes on and it says, if they, that's the non-believers, do not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. They are famished, they will become enraged. And looking upward will curse the king and their God. They don't believe in God, but they'll curse him anyway. They will look towards the earth and they will see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom and they will be thrust into utter darkness and that's, and should have said in brackets, that's Australia 2019. Yep. But that's not the end of the story. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, as light has dawned, the sun's come up after a long, painful, dark, cold night. And it's brought life. And what does this life look like? For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So do you wonder, if, has this Christmas story got anything to do with a drought in Australia? On a 45 degree day that it is today. Or is it just like, here's his story, here's our lives here. But you see what I'm saying? Faith in the promises of God, and God said, I've promised you all these things, I've sealed it with this sign, the birth of a baby who will be the saviour of the world, right? L- live according to all those promises. Call them to mind and bring them to mind. Don't live in poverty of spirit. Don't live in fear and doubt. He has sent his salvation. He sent it anyway. And he's broken into the world. Not when we're asking for it. When we were doubting, he broke in. 
He sent his son the saviour and he poured his spirit into us to remind us of all the promises that he's got. Remind each other. Call out to each other. Hey people, remember the promises of God. Remember them. You know when you're talking to somebody right and they're, and they're in that depressed state or whatever and you're going, oh, do I really want to say, yeah, just say it. You know it's true about God. Say it then because you're giving them something of hope. In fact, without that hope, you've got nothing to offer. Be people of faith. Not little faith, big faith. Faith in action. Because we know there has a son who's been born and he's, the government is on his shoulders. He's ruling. He's bearing the weight of government of this world. He said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And if you need someone to talk to when you're lonely, he is the wonderful counsellor. Someone who's on your side. And he's the mighty God and the everlasting father. And when we live under this, we live in peace because he's the prince of peace. So whatever we face, drought, suffering, worry, God break into that circle. Put his roadblock in. His promises will break us out of that. And let's become a people who are constantly doing that for others. I'm going to pray. Father, we want to confess this morning there's, there's many times where we, we just don't trust you as we should and, and we've become overcome with, with worry, anxiety. Where we don't ask for that thing which you have said, it's there, take it. Father, I pray that we would become people who take that blessing, who don't hold back, who freely live in all of the fullness that you've got for us. Father, let us become people of great faith, who live by faith and walk by faith as we walk by your spirit at work in us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Derek's asked for this song. I think it might be a new song. We might, have, might not have done it before. Yeah. But anyway, we'll do it again because that's what it's called. Do it again. I think it's, um, it's talking about the uh, walls of Jericho. And you know they'd walk around, was it for seven days? And then they had to walk around it for seven times on the seventh day. And um, sometimes it's a bit like our lives that we don't actually see the victory. But there's a promise and it does happen. The wall does come down.